again. Hello again. This is Pastor Gus Brown from Akron Alliance Fellowship. Good to be with you again, and I hope that you've had a wonderful week in the Lord and that you're looking for another week that will be just exciting, if not more exciting, than the past week. Our God is always working in our lives. He's always blessing us. He's always doing something. And sometimes we're in a hurry, but God's never in a hurry. And sometimes we need to learn that. And uh, in the time in which we're waiting, we're learning patience and understanding with this God who is so great in our lives. And truly he is. We want to talk about, and I will hope that as we are speaking today, that somehow it resonates with you how blessed you are and how God has truly blessed you and how God has ministered to you. And I hope I can ring some bells that really ring in your life that says, oh, God has really blessed me. God has touched me. God has done this. And that you give him praise for it. And I hope that somehow as we go through this lesson, that you realize how blessed you really are. Because it is a blessing to be a Christian. And it is truly a privilege to serve the Most High God. And sometimes we miss that in many other people because we look at people and we measure ourselves by others. That's the worst mistake we can ever make. There are those who have said that they are Christians but are living so far away from the Lord Sometimes it can cause us to doubt our own. No, you know God for yourself. You know what God has done in your life. It's not about what happens in the life of other people. It's for you to know what God is doing in your life and how he's blessed you. So let's pray and let's get into the word. Father, how we thank you and praise you, O God, for your loving kindness unto us. And how we thank you, Lord from day to day, how you continue to keep us and bless us and grow us in Christ. We pray that your word would be all sufficient for us and that it would be completely sufficient. We need nothing else. And that, Lord, as we give heed to your word, that we can see the true blessings that comes forth in our lives. So, Lord, uh, at this time, would you minister to us? And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Every day, it is your choice how you're going to live. You can live in your yesterdays. And you can curse your yesterdays. And you can be upset about your yesterdays. Or you can choose to grow in your blessing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is God who wants to see you grow. And growing is a blessing because God then is doing the work in you that he wants to see developed in your life. When we have a proper view and understanding of God, we begin to get a proper view and understanding of ourselves, And that's a blessing. When you can really begin to know more about you, because God becomes the one who reveals you, that you can make the changes that 
he so desire to see in your life that will prosper your life, that will build godly character in your life, that will allow the Holy Spirit to use you in an amazing way. That's the blessing of God. And we are, as Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's workmanship. That's a blessing that God chooses to work with us. What an amazing, amazing thought that God chooses to work with us, to work in our lives for his glory. And when we understand we have been chosen to be blessed by him, that he chose us to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon us. He didn't have to do that, but he has chosen to do so. And that you and I, who are truly born again, we begin to see his blessings in a very unique way. Praise God. Go to Ephesians 1-3 with me, because there he makes the statement to us about our inheritance and his blessings that come to us. And we need to understand uh, every good and perfect thing that we have in life. It comes down from heaven, John says. And we want to acknowledge that. Every good thing in your life has come through the hands of God. And we need to understand that God wants to continue to just bless us, bless us, bless us. So in Ephesians 1, 3, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual Blessing. What does our blessing start at? In the heavenly realms. Not here on the earthly thing, but in the heavens. For they come from the very throne of God. And what God is doing is transferring, in a sense, part of heaven into our life. And in that whole process is the spiritual blessings. The, the, the growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. The blessing of that takes place in our spiritual growth. To see ourselves grow and change. It's amazing where God has brought us from and to where we are today. It's just amazing. But that's what God does. That's what God does. And we have to allow God to do that work innocent through us for his glory. And he says we are Blessed with every spiritual blessings. Now look where they're found at. In Christ. If you're in Christ, you're going to receive those spiritual blessings. If you're not in Christ, you're not walking with Christ. You're not going to receive those spiritual blessings. And you're not going to grow. No, you're not going to grow one bit. You cannot grow in Christ being outside of Christ. Christ has to be involved in your life. You have to be in him and he has to be in you. 
and the Holy Spirit begins to spark and cause things to take place that becomes unbelievable to you, but you're experiencing them, so you cannot deny them. And he says the spiritual blessings that take place in our life. Now, if you would please, turn to Philippians 2.13 with me. Just a book over uh, Philippians 2.13, because I want you to catch something here, because it's awful important to understand what is taking place. Because, again, I will repeat to you, we cannot live this Christian life on our own. And every blessing comes from the heavenly realms. It doesn't come from this earthly realm. It comes from a heavenly realm, and it comes down to us. But even more than that, to recognize that there's somebody in me doing a work that only he can perfect and he can do. So in Ephesians 2.13, he says, For it is God, now, now catch this, because this is a blessing here. It is God who works in you. Understand that. It is God working in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are a work of God. And that's what God says in the, that you are his workmanship. He's doing something in you and through you that you can't do in and of yourself. That is a blessing. That that comes from God. And he says again, for it is God who works in you. Now here's the purpose. To will and do to act accordingly to his good purpose. Boy, to will and to act according to his good purpose. That's a blessing that we can be used for God's purpose. Oh, there are times, sometimes I will agree with you, we don't know when God's really using us. And there is times that you should be able to acknowledge this was God and not me. This was God's strength at work. This was God's insight and wisdom and discernment at work. This was God leading and guiding. This was God opening up doors. This was God giving favor. This was God changing the hearts and minds of people that I have to deal with or work with or whatever. This is God. And you know it was not you. But it was God. And he says to act according to his good purpose. He's doing it through you. That you might act in a manner that allows his purpose to be advanced, that his purpose may be accomplished. He's working through you and in you. And at the same time, that is doing something, that is changing something about you, about us. It is a thrill to know and sense when God has used you in a certain setting, a certain speaking engagement, in the life of someone, that God somehow, you know, it was not you, but the one 
who dwells in you. And he says again, for it is God who works in you. It's not you doing it. It's God doing it. That's the blessing. That it is God working in your life. For aren't we blessed? All the unbeliever has is himself. All he has is some friends and and whatever so-called thing that he may uh, think he has, his own strength. But we have a strength that is from God. We have a power that is from God. We have a wisdom that is from God. We have knowledge that is from God. We have abilities that is from God. And boy, that is something to really grasp hold of and understand. And understand that God is blessing us. And it's a privilege to be used of him. It's a blessing to be used of him. And how in whatever manner he so desire to use us. And, and 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 it's there. Now go over to Philippians also in chapter three. Go to verses seventeen through nineteen <clears throat> in chapter three. Pick up at verse seventeen. Hear what Paul says, because it's so important, because again, sometimes we get our eyes on other people. Understand in the Christian life there's a certain pattern. There is a way that God has called us to live. And those who really follow the Lord Jesus Christ live pretty closely to that pattern. They live a pattern of holiness. They live a pattern of purity. They live a a pattern of dying to self, but yet at the same time living that Christ might live through them. It is something that when you see a lot of people who just call themselves Christian, you don't find a pattern of this holiness. You don't find this desire to really uh, be with Christ. You you don't find this uh, thing of, of really wanting to grow in his word. You, you find in people a religious state. They, they tell you that they believe, but they really don't know what they believe because they don't get into the word of God. They don't dive into this word. They, they they don't seek his word. They they don't look for understanding of this word. Some people have been calling themselves Christian and have never sat in a Bible study. What does that tell you? There are those who are Christians and they never open the Bible, not even once during a week. How are they being fed? What's transforming them? What's working in them? For the Holy Spirit works with the word of God. They don't work separately. They work together. God's word, the Holy Spirit, the teacher, they work together. That they might be a blessing to us. But in that verse 17, listen to what Paul says. And I want you to pick up the word pattern here. He said, John with others and following me. Join with others. Sorry. Join with others and following my example. Brothers, and take note of those who live, who live according to the pattern we gave you. That's the blessing. That God just didn't save you and say, okay, go do the best you can do. And you hear a lot of Christians say that. I'm doing the best I can. That's not God. That's the flesh. The flesh always does the best it can. Because the flesh, understand, is limited. It doesn't have the ability. 
And he says here, join with others in following my example. So it's just not one person or just two people. There's quite a few people who is following this example that Paul is setting. He says, brothers, take note of those who live. Now, what is he telling us? Watch those who live in this manner. When you see Christians living a certain way, you should see a prosperity, not in an overabundance of riches or this, but you see their daily needs being met. You don't hear, I want this of the world, I want that of the world. You find that I'm satisfied even with an eight-year-old car or a ten-year-old car. Why? It's getting me from point A to point B. Um, I'm satisfied. I may not have the newest home. Uh, I might not have the biggest home, but I'm satisfied. You begin to see a Christian life that really puts the importance of living in the kingdom of God and following his rules and his regulations and his standards and his principles and not really weighing on the values of this world, but the values of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being implemented in his or her life. And he says, note those who live according to the pattern, to the pattern, the pattern of sanctification, the pattern of holiness, the pattern of purity, the pattern of honesty, the pattern of integrity, the pattern of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the pattern of God's word that we learn through the Holy Spirit, the pattern we gave you. Paul said, there's a pattern that we teach and you need to watch people see if they're living that way now if they're not living that way don't make excuses for them and in christianity especially with our loved ones we have made too many excuses and we need to come back to the very first thing you're either saved or you're not saved that has been weighing on my heart more than anything else People really know if they're saved and if there's something there that's changing them. People who just talk about when they accepted the Lord or they knew when they accepted the Lord and live like the world but have no desire to be in God's word, to be with God's people, to praise God, to honor God in the way that they live and their everyday life, they're not saved. They're going on man's theology that uh, once saved, always saved. Uh, I understand that principle. I understand what's being said. But it's also, in one sense, have brought man to a point, many who live any kind of way and say that they're saved. You're not saved. Unless you're following the pattern that Paul lays out about the Christian life. He says, the pattern we gave you. Now listen to what he says here in verse 18. 
For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, Paul is weeping over those who were once with the group and are not there any longer. They have left in a sense. The reality is that they may not have ever been saved. At some point, we have to face that truth. That my son, my daughter, my nieces, my nephews, my grandchildren, yeah, they grew up in a Christian home and they know the Christian jargon. But they never accepted Christ with a sincere heart or really allowed themselves the privilege of growing in Christ to be blessed by him in a daily walk with him. And he says, for as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Christ simply says, if you deny me, I will deny you. If you deny me before man, I will deny you before my father. And he says they walk as enemies of the cross. They, they go against everything that Christ died for. They live in a manner that is totally ungodly. And Christ died that they might be free of that sin that they find themselves wallowing in. And they don't recognize it as sin. It's just a way of life. It's what everybody is doing. Uh, what you're talking about, Grandpa, is old-fashioned. This is modern time. This is 2021. Uh, we don't do things that way. Scripture doesn't change. The Word of God doesn't change. And he says, many live as enemies. They bring a curse, in a sense, to the cross. They cause other people to stumble, saying, yeah, they know God, yeah, they're a Christian, and live like the devil. That's not being blessed. That's not God's best for you. That's not what God desires that you would live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, understanding, we can limit our view. And oftentimes we do. We find ourselves limiting our view of ourselves, setting boundaries on ourselves. There's good boundaries and there are boundaries that sometimes we need to tear them down and stretch them out. We need to widen our scope, deepen our depth. Because we can limit our view of self by setting boundaries on ourselves that are not set by the Word of God. And that's what's so important about being in the Word of God. 
The word of God sets my boundaries, not rules and regulations, but the word of God, thereby limiting our view of our new life and our potential in Christ. Understand as a sinner, you are very limited about life. You are very limited about the joy of life, the goodness that's in life, the real fun and laughter that's in life. Because you're enjoying it through the eye gates of a demonic host or of Satan and not of God. And God wants Christians to be joyful, to be free to laugh, but not laughing at the wrong thing. Not so much laughing with the world and, and, and their jokes, but laughing with a joy of what God has done. And uh, sometimes I have to laugh at my own life, uh, especially sometimes when my leg go out and I catch myself and so forth. Boy, I, ha I have to do a little laugh because, boy, this old flesh, God is the one who strengthens. God is the one who keeps. God is the one who holds me up. God is the one who catches me. God is the one who allows me to do the work that I still do. God, oh, what a joy. <laughs> and, and, and that's the laughter, the, the peace, the happiness that comes in knowing a Savior who is more than able. And that he's blessing me all the time. And when I understand I have great potential in Christ. There are many blessings in Christ. There's a great inheritance in Christ. I don't limit myself. I kind of stretch things out saying, yes, I can rather than I can't. Yes, I can rather than I can't. Because I began to understand Philippians 4.13. And that's a blessing. When you can understand Philippians 4.13 and put it into everyday life, Oh, oh, what a blessing it is. See, because God wants you to understand that those limits can be what you put on yourself. And God is saying, you're free. I want you to find new limits within my word. And if my word says yes, you can do it. And I think somehow we have to get to a point of asking God, God, is this what you want me to do? I read it in your word, Lord. Is this for me? Is this a function you would have me to jump into? And God never leads you someplace where he doesn't strengthen you and doesn't provide I can't tell you all the ways in which he will provide, but he will provide. Um, we're trying to build a new daycare center. I don't know how that's going to go over. God's taken the first step by giving us the land. So the land is paid for. Now to build a building that's going to be adequate to do the 
work and what is needed and to show us how to work with people and understand sometimes. You can work with people and you may not see a great harvest. You can pull yourself into people and may not see a great harvest. And I had to learn in Corinthians, yes, some sow the seed, some water, some harvest. So it's just not doing just one thing. But God has those who sow the seed, then he has those who will water, and he has those who will harvest it. And somebody all the way along the way is helped keeping weeds out and working with them. Our job is to do the part that God's called us to do. And I think with young kids is one of the parts that we've been called to do. To help them get a good start. Help them to understand there is somebody that loves them and to show them that love. And sometimes we can say, I'm taking on too much. I pray that whatever we do, we do it from the position, this is what God has given. This is what God has asked. This is what God wants done. So in that verse 13, in Philippians chapter 4, he said, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Well, that's a different boundary setting. I can do everything through him. Now, catch this. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it just because I want to do it. I can't do it just because I think I have sufficient funds to do it. I can't do it just because we have the manpower to do it. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. There has to be an internal power, an internal strength being exercised in your life and in the life of others to be able to perform and to do what God would call you to do. That's the blessing. That he empowers you. He enables you. He equips you. And again, in that Ephesians 2, 13, where he says, For it is God who works in you. This working of God in us is a blessing. It's a blessing that God has chosen to work in us. What a blessing. And when we understand that, we understand that we are the ones who need him more than he needs us. That's a blessing. When you come to the point in life that you truly understand that, that you need God in your life, that's a blessing. And the blessing is that he's willing to come and work in your life and to develop you and to build you and to help you, to teach you, to guide you. Now, you need to understand this. You choose to live in your yesterday life or you can choose to grow today in a new life that God has set forth for you 
and he desires to bless you in the new life. Not going to bless the old life, but he wants to bless you in your new life. And we have to be willing to live in the new life rather than the old. Now, how do I do that? How do I begin to help develop this new life and live in this new life? And as you watch Christians and listen to Christians, you will either hear it or you'll see it. One, you cannot grow without daily feeding yourself or reading the Word of God. It's good to listen to Pastor Brown and listen to Melvin and to listen to any other pastor or Sunday school teacher or or whatever you want to call bishops, reverence, or prophets, or whatever, it's good to listen. It's good to taste the food of other people. But always remember this, you're the one who has to pick up the spoon, the fork, and feed yourself. A person can put a wonderful meal before you, but most people will not feed you unless there's something really wrong with you. And that is also true in Christianity. You have to want to feed yourself. And the way that you do that, every day, I don't care if it's just a minute in the Word. And the minute will grow into an hour, two hours. It will grow. It will grow as you grow. You grow, you will find that you're spending more time in it. And you can grow daily because that's what happens. You will grow daily. Just like in life, every day we are growing. I'm growing even in this old age now. I'm growing older. But still growing. And he says, if you're in my word every day, you'll grow. People who don't get in his word daily and don't make it a habit, you find them falling off just like a leaf fall off the tree. And the wind blows that leaf any direction because they have no anchor, they have no direction. And you can see that they are not really anchored in the Lord or his word. And again, I would venture out to say, most likely don't even know the Lord. People who know the Lord want to be in his word. That is primary. That is foundational. That is truth. You want to grow in this relationship with your Savior. 
Secondly, life for you cannot change if you're not in his word. It is the word that as you are saturating yourself or washing yourself or renewing your mind with the word of God, you're changing. You may not even recognize the change that's taking place. But by being in God's word, you change. And you're thinking differently. And what's causing you to think differently? Because God is giving you a different perspective of how to look at things in life. And that changes us. When we can see other opportunities, when we can see other alternatives, when we can see things in a different light and in a different way, it changes us. And that's what being in God's word allows us to change or to be blessed by it by being in there. When we're in God's word and our lives change, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. I'm learning how to live life, not in the flesh, but in the spirit and the power of the living God. That's a blessing. And then he goes on and he says, being in his word places us. Now, I want you to understand this. When we're in God's word, it's like being placed. I can't explain. You ever been one of them horse races? I like to watch them on TV and so forth. How they get them in the gate and getting them in the gate then at some buzzer or whatever, the gate opens and the horse is off running. It puts you in the position to run this Christian life. Being in the Word places you in the position for you to run and God bless. That's where you get victory. That's where you are sensing success. That's where you are watching and seeing that, yes, you are overcoming your faults and problems in life. And you're running this Christian race. And God is holding you up. And sometimes you'll even sense that little wind on your back to kind of like push you a little faster. And that's the blessing of God. But you got to put yourself in the position to be blessed. If you're not in his word, you're not placing yourself in position to be blessed by him because you're not placing yourself in the place to live the life that he has intended for you. And he will not bless any other life but the life that he himself has intended for you to live. So you want to be able to put yourself 
in that position by reading his word every day. And every day reading of it puts you in the position that God wants you to be in. And we should desire to do that. That, Lord, what's on our agenda today? Am I in the right position? And if you get in his word, he'll give you the right mental attitude to face the day. He'll do it. Go with me to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23. Look what he says in verse 22 in chapter 3 of Lamentations. Because of the Lord's great love. His what? His great love. Great love for who? For us. You know, it is a blessing to be loved by God. It is a blessing to be cared for by God. It is a blessing to be watched over by God. And he says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We're not what? Consumed. We're not destroyed. We're not defeated. Boy, that's a blessing. I can do all things through Christ Jesus because of his great love. And that I can do it because he's watching over me as I do it, as I perform it, as I work my way through it. He's guiding me. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, we're not destroyed, we're not weakened, we're not beaten down. For his compassion never fails. His love never fails. His love for me will never fail in my life. And then 23 he says, and I like this. One translation will say that his mercies are anew every day, every morning. He says in verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Two things. One, what's new every morning? His mercy. I need to discover that. Every morning. I need to be in his word. Hearing from him. Being blessed by him. Being renewed in my mind by him. Being encouraged by him. That's a blessing. The personal time he wants to take. With us. With us. You know there are some children. Who wish their father. Would take some personal time with them. Would just spend a little 15, 20 minutes with them. And here we have the father of the universe, the father of all fathers, who just desires for us to come and spend five minutes with him in the morning, at night, at noon, and just talk with him all day long. The thrill that he may receive from that of us just acknowledging him asking him allowing him to help us to minister to us to hold us up to order our steps to guide our tongues what a blessing and he says 
They're new every morning, but look how he closes. Great is your faithfulness. God is a faithful, faithful God. It's a blessing that we have the privilege to know him and to know his faithfulness. And we are a people who have to recognize we are truly blessed simply because of who he is. To know him is to be blessed. To live for him, oh, is to be blessed upon blessing upon blessing. In Psalm 103, <clears throat> verses 8 and 10, listen to what it says. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's what? He's compassionate and he is gracious towards us. Slow to anger. Oh boy, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to falter. I'm going to have my issues, my problems. I'm going to have my time of frustration. I'm going to have my time of being in the wilderness. But boy, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abundant in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserves. That's a blessing. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Boy, that's a blessing. That I'm not treated in the manner of what my failures would deserve my shortcomings in my life. See, I'm never going to be perfect. But there's no excuse for me to be committing adultery. There's no excuse for me to be committing fornication. There's no excuse for me to be a drunkard. There's no excuse for me to be a constant liar. There's no excuse for me not to be a person of integrity and honesty. There's no excuse. But he doesn't get angry. He's slow to anger. Abounding in love. Somehow his love balances this anger part. I, I can't really explain that. But I am thankful that he loves me more than his anger. And that he doesn't deal with me according to my sins or repay me according to my iniquities. He forgives me. And we get back very quickly to where we're supposed to be. I'm not perfect. I, I'm not in his word sometime every day. There are days sometimes I that I do miss. But there's times when boy 
when I spend two, three hours with him, I cannot tell you or express the blessing that I receive from that time. I cannot tell you how rich I walk away from the table from his word, spending two, three hours in his word and and just dwelling on what he has said and what he has done for me. Just a blessing. Just a blessing. And he goes on and he wants us to understand. And the reason he wants us in his word is that without being in his word, we distort his image. We kind of make him into what we want him to be. We take a couple of biblical words and we throw it on him and that's what he is, but we don't really see all that he is. And the Bible could never explain all that God is. But by being in his word, we become more enriched in understanding him and knowing him and seeing him in a better light than our own imagination. A distorted image of God leads to a wrong image of self. And we need to understand that. That how I see myself. If I don't see God as a just God, as a righteous God, as a God who hates sin, a a God who works against sin, not for sin, but against sin. If I don't see him as one who wants to see me as holy as he is holy, perfect as he is perfect, one who loves, I will not be able to love others with pure love. In Romans he tells us something about ourselves that many people don't like and we don't like to be called sinners and many people don't believe they are sinners and a sinner is just one who does not obey God's word and that fits you then you're a sinner And when I don't obey God's word, I'm sinning. And I need to repent of that. And I do. Because I recognize I'm not obeying him. And I need to correct that in my life. You may need to do that. But first of all, you have to admit to something. And he brings us to that in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned. That all would include me. For all have sinned. That includes you. We're sinners. We all have sinned. And then he has this second little part too. He says, and fall short of the glory of God. I've fallen short of what God has intended for me. I fall short of his glory. I fall short of his purpose. I fall short of his plan. 
I fall short of honoring him as the one who has created me. I fall short of being what he would have me to be according to his word. We have to understand the only reason God puts that in there because he wants us to know the truth about who? About me. He wants you to know the truth about yourself. That's why he wants you in the word every day. The word is like a mirror reflecting you. And you'll see yourself. And you'll be broken by it. But you'll also be built up by it. God's word gives us instructions for daily living. His word is not how we live, how we will live in heaven. His word is given to us that we might live a godly life here on earth. And that we can live in a crooked, perverse world in a holy, sanctified manner. He didn't give us his word that we might be able to live in heaven because it's going to be a big change. And we need to understand that. But his word is for us now. Well, I'm kind of like running out of time. So so I want to run on here just for the next seven minutes. By being in God's word, we are blessed by growing, our faith growing, We are blessed because we gather a sure hope. We are blessed because God begins to speak to us as we're in this word. When we're in his word, and you may say, well, I'm reading, I don't hear nothing, I don't, stay in it. And you're going to hear from me. Stay with it. Don't give up on it. Those thoughts that come through your mind. Because you're in this. When you get in this word. And those thoughts begin to shoot through your mind. And scripture begins to connect. You're growing. You are spiritually growing. And God is blessing you because the best teacher in the world is sitting right there with you. The Holy Spirit. Pastor Brown only gives words that encourage you. I only can repeat God's word. Any fleshly teacher, human teacher, the best we can do is repeat what is in here. But when you get into this word, And you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak and teach. You will discover a blessing that is so large that you cannot contain it. That tears will flow. You will see a God that you've never seen before. And you will have a much deeper understanding of yourself because the perspective now comes from God's view 
not themselves. And when you're in this word of God and the Holy Spirit is teaching you, he somewhat catches you up. And you know that you're being ministered to by him. And he is the real true teacher. You can hear from man. You can learn from man to a certain point. But the spiritual, the real spiritual things, only the Holy Spirit can teach and convict. No fleshly individual has the power to do in you what the Holy Spirit can do between his work and the word and putting them together that you understand them and are convicted by it. It's by God's word the people of God develop dreams and visions for life. You begin to see life differently now. You begin to dream and you set goals for yourself. Not so much fleshly goals, but those things that God would have you to achieve in your spiritual walk and in your spiritual growth. And God begins to bless and open doors and change your friends around and change things around you. Uh, God begins to bless you in a very strange way because it's God's word and it's by God's word that people are developed. And one of the things that help us develop is the dreams and visions that the word of God gives to us when we're in it. He gives us a different perspective about life. Now, we set the goals for you to work on daily development. God sets those goals for you that you can work on. Remember Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Without a vision, the people perish. Without a dream, without hope, people perish. And God wants to give you spiritual hope, spiritual dream, spiritual visions that are going to develop you with spiritual knowledge and spiritual insight. Understand this, a dream will one day be realized. A dream will one day be realized. But vision is revelation. Is God speaking into your life? It's the ability to see God's presence. And when you're in this word and you step out after having time with God, You'll see God's presence. You'll see God at work. You'll see God changing things. You'll see God moving mountains. You'll see God bringing things to you. You'll see these things take place. Which changes your perspective about life. 
Vision or revelation is the ability to see God's presence and to see God at work. It is to perceive God's power in your life. It is to focus on God's plan in your life in spite of obstacles. Because whenever God gives a vision, a plan for your life, Satan is going to hinder. Demonic forces will go to work. They want to discourage. They want to cause you to stumble. They want you to turn and go another way, other than the way in which God has set forth for you. And God allows you to dream and have visions or revelations in order that you might walk with him in those things that he has particularly for you, not for everybody, but for you. And he gives each Christian the agenda that he wants them to work on. And Satan wants to hinder that. Vision is looking at life with a divine perspective. I see life differently. That's what vision allows me to see. It allows me to see it from God's perspective, not mine. Vision allows us to begin to think of the impossible as possible. Understand that. The vision allows me to begin to think of the impossible as possible. I might dream it, but I wake up saying that can never happen. It is the vision of seeing it that says it's possible. It's possible. Why people stay stuck and are not blessed? Let me give you six things here and we're done. Of why people are stuck so often. One, not in God's word to broaden their minds. A lot of people think you get in God's word and you become narrow-minded. It's just the opposite. You get in God's word and you'll think bigger. And you'll think differently. Your perspective will change by getting in God's word every day. Secondly, no goals to chase after. Most people in the world have no concrete goals to challenge them or to go after. They just live life by chance and by luck and by whatever happens that day. And they don't set any concrete goals for themselves to see themselves growing in the Lord or helping other people or ministering to people or even doing what they believe God would have them to do. There's no goal set for that. It's all about self. They do nothing to make their goals a reality. It's just whatever comes. And that's where we have taught ourselves sometimes to just survive life. Just to survive in life. 
rather than thrive in life and live it the way God would have us to live. You get into God's word. I promise you, God's going to set some goals before you. Not manly goals, per se. You don't want pastors saying, these need to be your goals. When you get into the word of God, God will set the goals for your life and what you need to accomplish and what he wants you to do. Thirdly, a lot of people are always in a state of getting ready, but never doing. You ever hear people say, yeah, I'm I'm planning one day I'm going to do that. Yes, I'm getting ready for that. Uh, uh, Yes, I am trying to do better. When my life gets to a certain place, then I'll do this, this, or that. It's always that area of getting ready. And they're waiting for that perfect time. And then I'll take off. God uses you right where you are. And if God doesn't launch you, don't launch yourself. If God doesn't prepare you for the task, don't perform the task. If God doesn't give you the ability to do it, Don't do it. Well, you get in the word, you get yourself in position, you get yourself in position. When God opens the gate, you're ready to run. The fourth, you don't keep yourself from physical harm. More Christians are harming themselves. The worst thing we are doing is denying our self-knowledge of God by not being in his word. And he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We hurt ourselves. You want the knowledge of God's word in your heart. The psalmist says that I've hid the word of God in my heart that I might not sin against him. If you don't put that word in there, You don't have no protection against sin because you don't really know what sin is and the devastation of sin. You want to put the word in there to keep yourself from being physically harmed and spiritually harmed. The fifth one, you know when to move. You wait upon the Lord, yes. But oftentimes for us, we wait until we just can't take it anymore. Then we want to do. You know when to move is what's important in the Christian life. And the Holy Spirit will move you. If you check scripture, the Holy Spirit moved Paul and even sometimes kept Paul in a place. Even though Paul himself had planned to go someplace else, the Holy Spirit kept him there. And Paul couldn't move until the Holy Spirit released him. 
we find that also with Barnabas and Mark and, and, and with Peter. And we find that, that God is the one who has to move us. God has to lay out our journey. And when you're in the word of God, you begin to see your journey. And God will map it out for you. And the last one. What are your alternatives? What are your alternatives? Look at those alternatives that allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Let God order your steps. He will. Many people are stuck because they never look at the alternatives that they might have. And they never wait to hear the Holy Spirit say, go this way, go this way, go this way. If you have time, look at the blind man in Luke 18, 35 through 42. He's sitting there and he's begging, but he hears the crowd and Jesus is coming. He had enough sense, even though he couldn't see, he asked somebody, what's going on? What's going on? And they told him Jesus was coming. Now, I don't know how much this man had heard about Jesus, but he starts to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And they even tried to quiet him down. Now, remember, he's blind. But nothing wrong with his mouth. Use what you have. And he cries out, Jesus. And Jesus have them bring him to him. And he asked the blind man, what would you have me do? And he says, to heal my sight that I might see. And Jesus did that. And it says that he followed him, praising him. But there's another part in verse 42 that I really want to take this time just to read to you because it's what happens in our life. When you will allow yourself the time with God, you will be surprised what will take place in your life and then the effects it will have on others. So in that verse 43, it says, Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. Look at what's taking place. Following Jesus, praising God. Catch the effects. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. As you are in God's word and you're learning to allow God to use you and God is working in you and God is changing your life and God is giving you spiritual insight and God is 
using you and you're calling upon God. God, help me. God, give me sight. God, give me hands to do this work. God, give me legs that will hold me up. God, give me this. God, give me that. And you praise him. You follow him and you praise him. It will cause other people to respond to this wonderful, magnificent God who has done such a marvelous work in your life. God wants to bless you. He wants to use you. Will you live for him? Will you glorify him? Father, would you take your word today, bless somebody's life with it, encourage somebody, allow someone to realize that they are being blessed by you. They are being tremendously blessed by you. And you desire to bless us because we cannot live this life, this Christian life, without your blessings upon us. Lord, minister to us that others might hear us praise your wonderful name. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Goodbye. Have a wonderful, wonderful week in the Lord. Love you. God bless you.